0: Uh Troy, I got a question for you. Yes. Are you emotionally available?
1: Who, if I even <laughs> knew what that meant, I would know how to answer it. But let's let's start with that first. I don't even know what you're asking me, Scott. So. <laughs> yeah, Am I available to your emotions? Or, I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, Mitch, are you emotionally available?
1: I guess it's how
2: uh, I think I'm more emotionally available than I once was, but I, again, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe.
0: Troy, it sounds like Mitch knows what that means. (laughs)
1: Mitch, I know. Mitch apparently got past step one, which I haven't, so.
0: (laughs) We might have to to defer to him. Uh, This is Who Cares About Men's Health, giving you information, inspiration, and a different interpretation of men's health. Uh, emotional availability. I guess it's a thing. That's the name of this episode. (laughs) Today's crew. He brings the MD. It's Dr. Troy Madsen. I'm trying to be available to you, Scott. That yes, I am I am
1: here physically. I don't know that I'm emotionally available, but I am I am physically available today.
0: The BS to his MD, that's what I bring to the show. My name is Scott Singpill. And he just generally makes the bot podcast better. It's Mitch Sears. How are you doing today, Scott? Look at me. Very emotionally nice. available. Nice.
2: Boom, boom, boom.
0: And that <laughs> lady voice you hear on this very manly podcast is one of my most favorite people ever. She is the host of one of our sister podcasts or brother podcasts. I don't know if they have a gender really, but uh the seven domains of women's health you can find that on the scope, doc, uh, dot com. It's Dr. Kirtley Parker Jones. Welcome Dr. Jones.
3: It's an honor to be here. All
0: right, so Troy, I'm going to tell you how we ended up at this place of emotional availability. We okay. were on Dr. Jones' podcast about men and crying. Which conveniently, when we told you about it, you're like, "Oh, I've got something that day." So you <laughs> I, it. I, I promise, I did
1: have something that day. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm sure you did have something. I did. So, uh, Doctor Jones brought up. She's she said, "You know what? We we said we'd love to have you on the show. What can we talk about?" And she said, "Well, why don't we talk about emotional availability in men for their partners?" And I, uh, Mitch and I are both like, yeah, that sounds great. And then Mitch and I both went to Wikipedia to find out what that <laughs> meant. <laughs> and we still don't know. So, Dr. Jones, let's start right there. What does being emotionally available mean? And how does that tie back into health,
3: men's or otherwise? Right, right, right. Great question, because it might mean things to different people differently. But I would consider that emotional availability is a state of mind where you are able to uh, recognize the emotions in your own self, um, then you might be willing to express them, label them. And, um, help regulate them. And then with the practice of understanding your own emotions, you are more able to, uh, understand or at least listen to the emotions of your partner. Okay. So it's you know, developmentally, it's been suggested that because girls are raised to be like their mothers. Now, these are old fashioned uh, developmental, um, theories. They are more tied in with their mother's emotional state. Boys are raised to be more like boys, therefore not like their mother, and therefore somewhat distant. So you can say that the different, the issue of emotional availability is a new one, but it's as old as, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. It's the, It's the difference between men and women. And I think that those sexual stereotypes need to be thrown away because there are certainly women who are not emotionally available, and there are lots of men who are.
1: So why is this referred to as emotional availability? Because it sounds like it's a lot more, like you said, really, the first step is it's more emotional awareness, like understanding our own emotions. And then I guess that makes us available. But it sounds like it's a lot of awareness involved.
3: It is. You have to be emotionally available to yourself first. So okay. there's some work to be done or you need to raise them that way in terms of your children. There's a great Crosby Stills and Nash song, which none of you have ever heard because you're too young. Uh raise um teach your children well. Their father's hell did slowly go by. You know, so I think we need to teach our children to be emotionally available by our own Examples And by verbalizing how we are feeling and so our children can feel, once you are emotionally available to yourself, then you are more willing to be emotionally able to listen to, reflect, work with your partner's emotions. Now, I consider it now kind of a girly whine. You know, you're not emotionally available to me. Um, But in fact, if you're not emotionally available to yourself, this concept of emotional intelligence, then a lot of anger, fear, anxiety goes unaddressed and it makes people sick. Their immune system doesn't work so well. Their blood pressure goes up. A lot of chronic diseases in men might be tied to inner um, frustrations, anger, fear, anxiety that they aren't labeling, expressing and able to uh, process. Now, when you live with someone, it's nice to be able to at least empathize when circumstances make them sad um, and and reflect on them. You might ask your partner, what does it mean? Would you like me to be emotionally available to you? Oh, boy.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was going to be my next question for you. Like, right. How effective is this really and do you recommend it? I, I totally get being aware of our own emotions and recognizing them yeah. and acknowledging them, but it seems like it may not go over super well if, you know, if we're saying to our partner, you seem really angry right now.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> – I don't know.
1: <laughs> I sense a lot of anger. <laughs>
0: Yeah. As dr. Jones is talking uh troy i I'm, I'm and Mitch. I'm sensing like <laughs> this recurring theme that, that we've talked about, right that men sometimes as men, we don't recognize oh, yeah. what our emotions are, we don't label them, we don't really think, well, why am I feeling this? We don't sit with them, we don't want to deal with them, mm-hmm. right so and we know the detriment that has on our health, but i'm I, I'm starting to see that maybe that could have detriment on relationships, which is oh, yeah in the emotional health uh, again before we get to Troy's question, <laughs> you wanted to ask some.
2: Oh, yeah. No, it's just it. As you were explaining being emotionally available to yourself, it really kind of rung true with me because I've been starting my own like little mental health journey. And one of the things that I kind of ran into is my one of my very first meetings with my latest therapist was like, hey, I I have a tightness in my chest. I don't know what I'm feeling. I I can't think straight, whatever. And it took him talking me through the physical sensations to recognize the emotions that I was feeling. He's like, you sound like you're anxious. You sound like you are worried. You sound like you're whatever. And it's like, I couldn't even recognize that in myself. Right. And what was interesting about it is that constant anxiety, that constant kind of stress and worry that I was experiencing, but not recognizing. I wasn't aware enough to figure something out to fix it. And secondly, it was taking a real impact on my health. I was having everything from problems with clenched jaws to um, higher blood pressure to all sorts of issues that immediately started to change as soon as I started to like at least recognize the emotions and was able to, you know, start problem solving, which I think is the step I was trying to jump to without even recognizing what the problem was like a typical man, so.
3: Wow, Mitch, that's amazing. That's amazing.
0: Do you feel a little like a Neanderthal that you're like, what is this strange emotion? Oh, it's actually, I mean, like, I mean, to me, it sounds silly, but you know what? I found myself in that same situation too. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of crazy, isn't it? That we wouldn't know what these emotions are.
2: Well, I felt like dumb and embarrassed almost. Like luckily I love and trust my therapist, but there was this kind of situation where it was like, what do you mean? Of course it is. Like how, (laughs) you know, I've been dealing with this for a year now and like, of course it is. Duh.
3: Well, but remember, you may not, you may not have, for men, they may have had it modeled. So the only mm-hmm. emotion, uh, primary emotion, which is uh, love um, um, and happiness and fear and anxiety, but the only one you may have seen exhibited in your life was your father's anger. Or even maybe your mom wasn't available either. So that's the only one you've got that you might actually have a label to because you saw the men around you get angry and that one you get. But there's a lot more inside. And primary emotions are ones that immediately cause a physiologic response. And if you have the physiology, but you don't have the word, then you can't really dig down into why this is happening. Is it good or is it bad? I mean, I hope you kind of know when you're happy. Sure. (laughs) I hope hope that one comes up and you say, wow, I feel happy. And said, gosh, why does my chest feel a little bigger? And Why do I feel I can have more air? Oh, maybe I'm happy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you may not have had it modeled for you. It may not have been taught to you. Or bad things could have happened when you were growing up that made you stuff everything down. So for men and for women, um, the the difficulty of being emotionally available to yourself is that you either didn't have it modeled or you stuffed it someplace because it hurt and those kinds of things in, in a relationship, I think your concept, uh, Troy, of why if you say, gee, I, you look like you're angry, what I have learned from my husband and a 50-year relationship is that I cannot guess what he's emotionally feeling because sometimes I guess wrong and it does not go well. So um, I, if I say, how are you feeling? Or um, are you feeling something hard right now? And then he might tell me. I want someone that when I start to cry or when I get upset about something can come over and at least put his arm around me. He doesn't have to say, Oh, I see you're so sad because something's happened to our son or your car isn't working or whatever. Um, At least I want him to come over and say and recognize that I am feeling sad or I'm feeling anxious or worried. And he'll put his arm around me, which says, I know you're not feeling, you're not feeling very good right now. And I'm here for you. So that's what being emotionally intelligent, I want him to at least recognize when I'm in emotional distress. And likewise, if he's in emotional distress, I'd rather not walk around the house on tenterhooks thinking, oh my God, you know, what is wrong? Because is it my fault? Is it his fault? Whose fault is it? Did I do something wrong? It's better for me to kind of know, and you don't get to 50 years together unless you've kind of sort of worked things out, unless you're, <laughs> you're just strapped down and you have no choice.
1: But it, it sounds like then you're saying in terms of emotion availability, it's, it's, it's one thing for us to identify the emotions in ourselves. But yeah, it's maybe not the best idea to try to identify the emotions in others, but at least make ourselves available to them and at least tell them that maybe something seems off and. You know, at least open the door if they want to talk about those emotions that they're experiencing.
3: Exactly, because if you if you come up to me and say, "Gosh, I think you're angry," <laughs> that's going to piss me no, off. No, never do that. Me do that.
0: no, no, even that's if you are that. angry, be <laughs> no, no. no, no, it's always a question. It's always a question. How are you? How do you feel about that? How are you feeling? <laughs> exactly.
2: No, that's one of the things that I, I had trouble with for a long time is I'd be like. I was, I'm like a chronic projector and it'd be like, are you mad at me? Are you mad that I did something like this? And then because I'm, Mm. because then I'm also assuming, right. I'm also, I'm assuming you're feeling a certain way. And I'm also assuming that like, I, it's my fault. Right. And that's not a good dynamic to have with anyone.
3: No, don't assume that you know what they're thinking, but being emotionally available means, um, it, you know, I feel like, um, like something's hard right now. Can we talk about it? Or, um, is there something I can do? to help you um, with this sense of being at being unease, lack of ease. Well, yeah, the planet's exploding and we're global warming and we're getting shot in streets and you know, wow. Yeah. Boy, that is awful. Do you want to talk to me about that some more?
0: So, okay. So what I'm getting here, first of all, emotional availability, first of all, as men, we have to begin to recognize our own emotions and identify things other than anger. And I loved what you said, you know, a lot of times we talk about when do you need to seek uh, you know, a health professional, whether that be a licensed clinical social worker, or somebody else. And a lot of times as men, we talk about, you know, to have some tools to deal with things. But I think another thing that Mitch just pointed out is to maybe start recognizing emotions that we've never been taught about as men before. In um, some instances, you know, a lot of men maybe have, and I think things are getting better. I don't know if you'd agree or not, Dr. Jones. I do. Um, I do. Yeah. As we, as we move forward, uh, I can speak from my own experience. I came from very stoic people. So, you know, probably, I probably don't know half the things I feel most of the time. (laughs) So the first thing you got to do is recognize your own emotions. And then that's when you can start to become emotionally available to somebody else. Show us what that might look like.
3: Well, how it might look like in yourself. It's, um, it's the, what I call the ruler project, which we've done a podcast on actually, which is recognize, um, that you're feeling something that's uncomfortable or something. You're feeling something. Understand what it was. What was the trigger that made you feel that way? Can you label it? Can you give it a word? Can you explain it or express it to others? That's the step that, you know, if, if someone in my family were upset and they said, you know, I'm just feeling upset. I'm feeling so sad or I'm feeling really angry. Um, Those are the kinds of things that really help someone not get in your way. <laughs> or can I help you with that? Or what can I do to make this better? Which you probably can't. Or um, I want to hear about this because you're important to me. That's what it looks like when someone says is able to say, this is what I'm feeling. And, uh, it doesn't feel good or this is what I'm feeling and it feels really good or I'm really happy and it makes me anxious because I'm so happy. And then the other person is able to then say, that explains why you've been stomping around the house all day, whatever. Um, that kind of opens up a little bit of a dialogue so that people can value each other. And for guys in particular, for who modeling emotional, um, uh, intelligence has not been really made clear to them. When you start, there's been a lot of shame. So if you feel anxious or if you feel sad or if you feel fear, um, it's not been okay. When I look at the uber sort of masculine men on movies, those guys are just, I think of the new Jack Reacher. I think, wow, I would never want a relationship with that guy. <laughs> 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 I see his anger, boy, oh boy, but I don't see anything else in him. Um, so I think that many people, and men and women, are looking for a long-term relationship, which means – I want someone to be a part of my emotional life, not just my physical life, not just my, you know, not just my, my cooking or the house that we share. It needs to be a little bit more than that. Now, not a, once again, not all women are terribly emotionally available, and some men are very. And for some women, they may attach themselves. Women say, "Well, why do I pick these guys? Why do I pick keep picking these guys?" Well, they also may have this kind of distance modeled for them and their father, and it's all they know, or they think that not being, showing emotions is strength, and they want to attach themselves to strength because they are, um, they're anxious, they're, they're not self-confident. They want that burden um, laid on the, the guy in their relationship or the other person in their relationship. And having one guy be the one person be the strong one and the other one being the emotional one, that's kind of hard. You know, you ought to share this stuff.
2: I had a question kind of relating back to mine. I love the ruler technique. I think that for me, it's really, I really appreciate acronyms and like strategies and whatever, but that L, that label, I have run into like feelings that I don't have a name for, and like the best I can do, and it's probably modeling, and I have to work with my specialist to kind of figure out what it is. But you know, you come up with I feel oogie, I feel murr, I feel bluh, right? <laughs> and so, like, is there? I don't know. I just feel like such a novice here. Where it's yeah. just like, is there like a is there like a guide? Is there like something that I can see all the feelings I could be having or emotions I should be having, and I can kind of point to that, or like.
1: It's like the little kids, it's like the pain chart, like the little kid pain chart, like that's my pain right there. Like the, the sad, the sad crying face. Yeah. We need like yeah. the equivalent for men's emotions or something.
3: Well, there actually is an emotional wheel. So the, the people who looked at primary emotions say these are the ones that have physiologic consequences and they're immediate. So they happen to you even before you can give it a label. It just is an immediate response, fear, um, maybe love, happiness um anxiety, you know when it happens because it happens so fast. There are secondary emotions, which are um, combinations of primary and secondary emotions. Now, what they might feel like, any strong emotion um, can raise your pulse and raise your heart rate. Although true agapic love, I think actually can uh, can make you, I mean, the love of a child, the love of a very good friend can bring your blood pressure down. Holding hands with someone that you love, um, that actually brings your blood pressure and your pulse down. And they've done this in MRIs and they've looked at what parts of the brain are activated. Getting a good therapist is a really say, I don't know what the name is I'm feeling, but this is how I feel. And this is why I feel, this happened to me and this is why I felt like that. If you know, if you can say how you feel and you know, the um, understand what made you feel like that, you might be able to come up with words. Oogie, I need a little help with uh, Oogie. Uh, (laughs) 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 Well, okay, I got Oogie. Oogie, I can Uh, kind of feel Oogie. I feel Oogie below my diaphragm. It's not above my (laughs) diaphragm. I don't feel it in my heart. I feel Mm -hmm. it below my diaphragm. And then, well, what were the things that made you feel Oogie? If you told me what made you feel that way, I might be able to put a label on it. But there is a very beautiful wheel, emotional wheel that gives people a I can send you guys a link for this and you can work on it if you like. You can spin it around, see how you feel.
0: How do you start that conversation if you're the partner and you're thinking, well, actually it could go either way, right? So either you're way. the partner and you're, you're thinking, you know what? I would like to explore this idea of emotional availability in my existing relationship, or you're the partner that maybe you're thinking, I wonder if my partner actually would find more satisfaction in the relationship out of this. I mean, it could work either way. How would you start to progress forward? Because even that name carries baggage, right? Emotional availability to some people. could could mean, somebody isn't.
3: Yeah. It it means blame, blame, blame already. Or
0: it could just be like, oh, that's touchy feely. I'm not into that, right? Well, you could just
3: say, I've been thinking about this. Either one, the person who's, who's got more emotions or the person who's got less emotions. And I've been thinking about this and our relationship is important to me. And, um, I do or don't want it to be. It's uncomfortable when you cry at the table, but I, I don't want to shut you off or I don't want to be blocked off from you. So I'd, I'd like to learn how to talk about this. This is the guy who sees his wife cry about stuff or his girlfriend or his boyfriend or whatever. And he just doesn't get it. He says, but he wants he loves this person. So I see you cry and I need some help. I need some words. Are you willing to work with me about that? And then if you're the person with more emotions, you know, I've been thinking about this and, um, I love you. And my, our, our relationship's really important to me, but I, I need to feel that you are, you're tied with me to the things that I feel strongly about. Can we talk about it? You know, I cry at the table because I'm sentimental All we have to do is talk about my family or our son and I start to cry and I don't want you thinking it's sad because it's not sad, it's sentimental. Can we talk about what words I use and how it might make me feel and what I want from you when I feel like this? So I think it's better than rather saying you words, you guys already know this, you do this or you don't do this or you you are feeling this and says, this is the way I feel. And can we talk about it? Because, you know, I think it would be good if we had a long-term relationship based on the support of each other's feelings, not just our physical needs or our financial needs or our spiritual needs or you name it. I'll go through all the seven domains without you guys even knowing (laughs) it.
1: See, Dr. Jones, I want to just take a moment here just to put this in perspective. Our most recent episode was on poop. (laughs) yeah and you know what your emotions
3: your emotions can come right through with your poop because people who are really anxious can get diarrhea
1: i'm just saying this is hard even for me to think about it so i'm empathizing with any man out there right now who is listening to this and hearing you say these things and saying these are things we can say to our partners this is a stretch like this is tough and i agree like i i have definitely taken the approach of you know for whatever reason like you know you kind of you kind of push emotions down and 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 it and it's hard to acknowledge those emotions in a partner and ask them to express those emotions i think you know maybe we are afraid of what they're going to say or we're afraid of being responsible for those emotions or triggering those or whatever it might be but this is yeah this is a lot
0: harder to talk about than poop i'll say that so <laughs> 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 try question Question. Yes. question for you, Troy, all those things that Dr. Jones just said, mm-hmm. like if that was coming from your spouse, would you, as a man with your history, like cringe a little bit? Would you be like, oh boy, here we go. I don't know about this. This sounds pretty intense. I would kind cringe of. a bit. Yeah. I I mm. will say, honestly, I feel
1: like and maybe Laura will disagree. She'll listen to this and be like, no, you haven't. I will feel like I've made progress there. Because I think, like you said, Dr. Jones, a key to this is just acknowledging your own emotions. And, you know, so often, like I've really tried to acknowledge more, okay, when am I feeling anger? When am I feeling anxiety? And what's the root of that? And a lot of times it gets down to, oh, I'm sad. And I'm sad and it's coming across as anger. Or I'm anxious. Like I've got a shift coming up in the ER and I'm feeling anxious about it. And that's coming across as, as again, maybe as anger, like seems like a lot of these things come out in men as anger. And I've definitely felt that in myself. So they do, so yeah. they do. But again, hearing you say those things, I think for me, emotional availability has been trying to be more aware of my emotions and often what the root of even what may seem the emotion, you know, there's a deeper root to that. Um, and then be, you know, be willing to express that and, and talk about it. But it's, it's hard.
3: It is, but it gives you the the work is worthwhile, and maybe Mitch can even speak to this because it gives you a much broader palette with which to paint the tapestry of your life. When you have a, 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 some words, some colors to explain the things that you've seen, because you have a powerfully rich life Troy, in what you've seen and how you how you deal with that, how you the words you use, how you color that. What amazing, what an amazing life you would lead if you, if you had a little bit of contact with those.
2: And from my perspective to like man it up a little bit is to like another tool in the toolbox, right? (laughs) Like, no, you can't, you know, if you don't have the right like socket, you can't fix a certain thing on your car. And so (laughs) for me, it's like, I knew that I was not in a good place and it wasn't until I was able to actually recognize, discuss, And talk about even to myself, just in my head to talk about the emotions I was feeling. There was no way for me to actually start to work to fix it. And so if that's, if that's the very baseline of at least my, I know there, yes, I'm living a more full life. Yes, yes, yes. I feel it every day, but for a part of me, like not feeling like garbage all the time and being able to know that I'm taking active steps to fix it. And all it took was a bit of acknowledgement and a bit of like vocabulary has been night and day within the last year
3: yeah amazing
0: would you say that there are two aspects i'm picking up two aspects of emotion availability and i think troy's kind of hit on one right which is a man's ability to talk about what they're feeling thinking etc but it's also uh, a person's ability whether a man or a woman to be receptive to the emotions of another person and we haven't really hit on that as much how can somebody start to work on that
3: well, I think once you've learned um, getting back to starting with yourself, if you can forgive yourself, so when you say this emotional response is normal, it's natural, it's real, I'm an intact human person and I forgive myself because I felt angry or sad or whatever, then when you realize that someone's feeling that way, it, in fact, it's often not about you. I think you're afraid you're going to get the downstream effect if you recognize or at least Gee, you know, um, it looks like things are harder. I feel like you're having a hard day. Uh, What can I do for you? And if they break down and cry, you say, then just go put your arm around them. You don't have you don't have to do anything bigger than that for a start. And then if they start, if they unload all of it, just say, I'm listening. I hear you. That may be all that it takes.
0: So instead of um, avoiding it and pretending that's not going on in your life, maybe just acknowledge it would right. be a good
3: step. <laughs> or don't analyze it. Boy, I got into trouble like, oh, I see why you're so angry. Boy, you know, you must be angry because your dad did this and then your boss did that and you know, you're feeling inadequate. Boy, you no, know, that does not go well because that's all those you words. You're feeling this and you're doing that. You say, wow, I'm so sorry. Can I sit with you a little bit and pl- talk to me about it? You know, don't try to analyze. Let them use their words. Just rec- let them know that you're seeing and you're hearing, and you want to be there with them, whatever they're feeling. You're not going to run away from it. Let's
0: uh, wrap this up, Troy. What did you take away from the episode? And what's something that you're going to try based on what you learned today?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Put me oh, on no. the spot.
3: Never never, <laughs> never, 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 never do it. I know someone of- is
1: listening to this episode. Oh
0: <laughs> no! <laughs>
1: this is really
0: here
1: <laughs> that someone probably wants to hear that I will say exactly what dr. Jones said in number one I will not say you I will not use a lot of you words which I sometimes have a tendency to do like say you seem angry or you seem sad like and in rephrasing that is is I, I, and I, I wish I could remember exactly how you said it but um
0: that would you know, be
1: helpful is, huh? yeah <laughs> Something seems off. I will say it that way. I'll say something seems off. Is there anything you want to talk about? Maybe, you know, rephrasing things that way and, and being willing to say that first of all, and then, and saying it the right way.
2: How about you, Mitch? Uh, I'm just, I feel good that I'm kind of on a journey. I get, I keep using that word. It's so overused. Like, <laughs> but I'm just glad to know that the kind of work that I'm doing right now, can lead to a more colorful, more interesting life, and recognize that as an individual, I feel a lot more than just yeah anger, right? And being able to recognize that, talk about that, I'm 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 hoping that my relationships can be a lot stronger.
3: Yeah, and especially the, your your relationship with yourself. You know, the inner voices that you have that you aren't always supportive. They're not always nice voices that you hear and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not me. That's my inner voice that's saying you're, you know, you're not good enough or you're, you're, you know, this, that, or the other. Being able to forgive yourself for when you feel a certain way so that you can process and move ahead and take a deep breath. Take 10 deep breaths. Um, it's, it's just a lot easier. You will find yourself feeling better, and Mitch, you put it better than I possibly could.
0: I think um, the thing I'm going to take away is I tend to ignore other people in my life, meaning when, like, I, I don't want to ask, hey, something doesn't quite seem right. You want to tell me about it? Because I'm afraid of what I'm going to hear, right? That I'm not going to be able to deal with I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm whatever. Um, but I think I'm going to try to be brave, and I think I'm going to try to start acknowledging that and doing that and seeing how that works out for me.
3: Be brave. I think about the the firefighters who ran toward the burning building of 9-11. You know, be brave. That's being available is being brave.
0: We'll do that, right? Men will run towards the danger like that. But if we think that somebody (laughs) we care about is angry at us, oh man, we're not going to bring that up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also going to say, I will not tell whoever this individual is who I happen to be speaking to that I'm running toward the burning building on <laughs> 9 no, <no, no>, no. <laughs> Don't do that. Seems like that would not go over well, no. but it's a good analogy. We do <laughs> have to be brave.
0: <laughs> well, Dr. Sorry, Jonah, can... this is a step in the right direction, hopefully for, uh, for any guy that wants to maybe become more in touch with their own emotions or be more supportive of the emotions of those in our lives. Um, and, you know, sometimes... Our best lessons on the men's health podcast come from wise women such as yourself. So thank you for caring about men's health and being on the show with us today. (laughs) You're so welcome. It's been great. Hey, congratulations. You made it this far. You even made it beyond the end. This is Scott from who cares about men's health. And it just dawned on us that if the topic we talked about in this podcast is something that's important to you and you'd like to perhaps get some emotional availability in your relationships and you don't know how to have that conversation with your partner. Use this podcast as a tool. Tell them you heard it. Let them listen to it. That way you're starting from some sort of a commonplace. And then let the discussion go from there. So use this podcast as a tool and share it with somebody in your life that you think could benefit from it. All right, that's it. For reals, we're gone this time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring about men's health.